This essay is called, Healing is as Contagious as Trauma. As soon as I encountered the quote, courage is as contagious as fear, I loved it immediately. It sent a little bolt of electricity straight through me and I stood up taller. To me, that quote turns everything right side up. Yes, we pass on fear. Yes, we pass on trauma. But every time we heal something, we pass that on too, because healing is an expression of courage, and courage is contagious. Every irrational behavior goes back to safety in the end. Every teeny tiny trauma response goes back to death if you follow it down deeply enough. That's the whole problem. We are on alert for danger more than we should be. So healing by nature is a practice of challenging the assumption of that danger. That is called courage. Trauma teaches us to turn toward and obey this threat of danger without questioning it. In order to obey that threat, most often we have to turn away from ourselves. So watching someone disregard the rampant threat of punishment for the truth that rings their soul like a bell is absolute, uncontrollable contagion. It makes our hearts sing a wild song. If Audrey Lord hadn't the courage to use her voice, if Maya Angelou hadn't the courage to write about sex, if Helen Keller hadn't the courage to advocate for disability rights, if Gandhi hadn't the courage to resist, if Harriet Tubman hadn't the courage to rescue others, if Socrates hadn't the courage to engage the public, if Frida Kahlo hadn't the courage to paint her truth, if Malala Yousafzai hadn't the courage to speak out, if Marsha P. Johnson hadn't the courage to stand her ground. The above list is a small one of folks whose courage has helped to shape our cultural understanding of what's possible. We are so lucky to have these folks' shoulders to stand on, to hold us. They inspire us. It is so helpful to be able to point to the extreme and say, see that, that right there, that's what I mean. These folks all deeply knew that the alignment of their intrinsic compass mattered more than the threat of whatever would happen to them if they didn't fall in line. That is healing at the root. But this essay is meant to highlight so much more than the extremes. This essay is meant to shine a light on the everyday courage of healing. The small ways that we defy tiny deaths every day for ourselves and each other. Everyday courage is the bulk of how change happens as our personal growth touches people and our personal relationships. When we change our worlds, we change each other's worlds and in turn the world at large. This contagion of healing and liberation spreads from one human to another through our interpersonal bonds. Memoirs help me stoke the fire of my healing and liberation. I devour them. I am almost always listening to one. People have the most incredible stories and they remind me of the absolute power of the human spirit. One of the first memoirs I ever picked up was called Tales of a Female Nomad by Rita Golden Gelman. She recounts being in her 50s on an airplane in the middle of a separation from her husband and inexplicably breaking down as the young woman in the seat next to Rita recounts her travels to the author. As the traveler is storytelling, Rita's hidden desires are surfaced and she breaks down sobbing. She doesn't understand it at the time, but looking back, she very much does. In that place and time, free from the bonds of marriage, free from the bonds of mothering, listening to a young woman liberated from the cultural shackles of sexism in a way that the author had not yet been, Rita's own chains begin to break. She was able to hear the beating of her true heart 
calling her to a lifestyle she previously negated before it ever even became conscious to her. In her 50s, she began traveling the world nomadically, hopping countries and continents as it felt right to her. She made friends and family everywhere and had adventures to die for. What keeps us turning away from ourselves goes deep into the subconscious, even if there's a conscious aspect to it. So we don't even know that we're doing it. We assume that we are following the rules that everyone follows. So without each other, we will never know what is truly possible. Because of the young woman sharing her story, something unconscious became conscious to the author. She was able to hear her own heart rather than turning away from it without even realizing she was doing it. Because of this young woman, Rita understood new possibilities in the world. In her book, she wrote like a woman learning how to be a liberated being, healing her own heart. It was beautiful and it moved me. When I met not his real name, Aaron, I wondered if I was out of my melon or if he was. He was concerned, caring, and really, really open. He started conversations about consent and boundaries before I thought to, even though he was worried it might sound weird. That was the first time I remember his presence soothing something inside of me. We talked openly to each other about things people often consider socially awkward or uncouth. Nothing was out of bounds. I could just speak, and I never felt so free. He matched me in tone, care, honesty, and respect. He asked and listened for my consent, and not just around the usual subjects, but around everything. And then the conversations became real. I was dumbfounded. The rigidity I carried in my bones from not being heard or taken seriously was magically absent. At that time, this was so foreign to me that I sent our conversations to my friends with questions like, is this real? Am I being duped or have I just been accepting low bars my whole life? After meeting Aaron, I understood the world a little differently. That changed the way that I related to it and the way that I related to myself. Was this man perfect? Absolutely not. But had he liberated himself in some crucial ways? Yes, he had. And did his liberation ask me to do the same? Yes, it did. I caught his courage and I retain a lot of it to this day. An important point to make here is that neither person in the above stories was doing any convincing. They were just existing, just being, and through being, sharing their own lessons. We cannot push someone off a ledge and call it a leap of faith, even if the person learns some things on the way down, because what they aren't learning is how to turn toward, listen to, and validate their own internal sense. But we can leap, and in the leaping, We can call people forward with us because it is the leap itself which awakens parts in us that mere words never could. Healing ourselves is the best way we can heal each other. Choosing to align with our own hearts and souls is what showcases that it can be done. In terms of intergenerational healing and post-traumatic growth, this is the most powerful force that exists. Like with Rita and her seatmate, Our minds cannot hold the paradox of negating a desire inside of us when we are presented with its realization outside of us. Seeing it be done is the only thing that directly proves to our minds that it can be done. This is why we need everyday courage. You may never know all the fractures you are creating in other people's chains, just like it would be virtually impossible for you to look back and name all the fractures as they took place for you before the eventual breaking free. 
We will never be able to understand all the small moments we contribute to each other's healing and liberation. Call it complex post-traumatic growth, small glimmers over time that we don't realize until one day the chains fall. A while back, I remember a few weeks when I was waking up every morning with a pit in my stomach. I couldn't figure out why anyone would choose me in life, as a friend, colleague, partner, or even practitioner. One of the days in which I was deep in those insecure, intrusive thoughts, a new friend came for dinner and I shared them with her. Do you ever have those days where you're not sure why anyone likes you? No, she said, I don't. I wonder why more people don't like me. It took me a long time to understand that she wasn't being sarcastic because I didn't even have a place in my mind where people can't relate to those kinds of intrusive thoughts. Over dinner, this friend then recounted a story to me where she was misunderstood professionally and then insulted at a conference. It was never resolved. In her place, I would have been crying, and yet she was uproarious with knee-slapping laughter. I just remember staring. I couldn't partake with her in the laughter because my brain was breaking a little. I was putting the pieces together with her earlier comment, and small parts of me were in shock. Is this for real? I thought to myself. I questioned her. The ability to laugh at your struggles like that, do you have to work at it? God gave me a gift, she said. It has always been with me. And yet here she was, alive, well, happy, a job, friends, a relatively normal life, definitely not sitting on a trash heap of destruction. I mean, save for the laughter, she could have been me. So why am I crying if she's laughing? I think about that conversation a lot, actually. This woman presented me with a real-life koan without even knowing it. And to this day, when something happens that I might get down about, I kind of wonder how not her real name Kristen would hold it. This does not suppose that I should be her or that I should handle it like her. It's absolutely okay that I am wherever I am. That part is critical. The question opens me to another option because I saw another option happening directly in front of me without earth-shattering consequence. The chains that automatically wrap around my heart, squeezing it of all its power, making it wispy when it could remain big and juicy and full, do not exist for everyone. Therefore, on some level, they do not have to exist for me. All of a sudden, I have a light to grow towards that I did not have before. Pondering the koan of Kristen gives me a choice where before there was only one habitual path. This, my friends, is how it works. Healing is contagious. Liberation is contagious. Freedom can't help but leap from us to others and back again. We come into contact with other people's healing, liberation, worth, and our minds break free from our chains bit by bit by bit. We are each caught in some ways and healed in some ways, and the more we shine our lights, the more we help other people understand what is possible. The more we encounter others whose ways of being surface our self-limiting beliefs, the more fractured our chains have the potential to become. We will never be able to see our chains on our own. If we cannot see them, we cannot break free from them. So as much as we can be each other's poison, we are truly the only thing that can be each other's medicine.